Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. I invite you to take your Bibles this morning and look with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter number 15, the message of the cross is one of the most powerful events in the history of the world. There are very few days in the history of the world that affect the life of the world in a way that few days can. The first day that affected the entire world would have been the day that Eve approached Adam and said, Here, eat this. Every man, woman, boy, and girl since that day has been affected by it. Everyone. No one's been exempt from sin. That day changed the entire world and the course of nature. Not been another day like it. Now, of course, there have been events throughout human history that have changed the course of time. There's another day that changed the world. That was the day God sent His Son to be born of woman. Oh, for a moment it changed just a handful of people. It changed Mary and Joseph, didn't it? It didn't change anybody else in that moment. A few shepherds changed their life. But in that moment, it just changed Mary and Joseph. But whether the world knew it or not, it changed the entire world. But then there was a day that the entire world changed. That was the day of the cross. When we come to Mark chapter 15... That is the day of the cross that changed everything. There was a lot that took place the day that Christ died upon that old rugged cross. And of course, it started the night before in the garden when one of his trusted disciples, Judas Iscariot, betrayed him for the price of just 30 pieces of silver. As Christ was arrested, he was taken that night to stand before the Jewish high priest and the special council that was convened. And as we pick up in chapter number 15, it's the next morning. The special council is together as they convened once again and decided to take and deliver Jesus over to the Roman authorities. And we'll pick up reading in verse number 1. As the Bible describes it, it is saying, And straightway in the morning, 
the chief priest had a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? He answering said unto him, Thou sayest it. The chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled. Now at the feast he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. There was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. But the chief priest moved the people, and he should rather release Barabbas unto them. Pilate answered and said again unto them, What will ye that I should do unto him whom ye call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. Then Pilate said unto them, Why? What evil hath he done? And they cried out more exceedingly, Crucify him. So Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them, delivered Jesus when he had, when he had scourged him to be crucified. The soldiers led him away into the hall called Praetorium, and they called the whole band. And they clothed him with purple, and plaited a crown of thorns, and put it on his head, and began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him on the head with a reed, and did spit upon him, and bowing their knees, worshipped him. When they had mocked him, took off the purple from him, put on his own clothes. They led him out to crucify him. They compel one Simon, a Cyrenian, who passed, who passed by, coming out of the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. They bring him unto the place, Golgotha, which is being interpreted the place of a skull. They gave him to drink wine mingled with myrrh, but he received it not. When they had crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them where every man should take. It was the third hour, and they crucified him. The superscription and his accusation was written over the king of the Jews. 
And with him they crucify two thieves, one on his right hand, the other on his left. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, He was numbered with the transgressors. And they that passed by railed on him, wagging their heads, and saying, Ah, thou that destroyest the temple, buildest it in three days, save thyself, and come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priest, mocking, said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross, that he may see and believe. They that were crucified with him reviled him. When the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And some of them stood by when they heard it said, Behold, he calleth Elias. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar, put it on a reed and gave it to drink, and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone. Let us see whether Elias will come to take him down. Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. The veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. When the centurion, which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, very simply, The Day of the Cross. The Day of the Cross. Let's pray this morning, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, as we read this passage of Scripture, We read it with a sense of humbleness, knowing that it should have been us that should be in this place of death. But Father, you changed the world when you gave us your Son. Father, when you brought him into this world, it was not in a glorious fashion, in a palace fit for a king. It was in a stable. Father, in this time of his death, in just... 33 short years of life. In what was not fair, in what was cruel and undeserving, 
public. Father, in a way that we could never understand. Yet, it was done for us. So, Father, we do come in a humble spirit this morning. Knowing that it was done for us. So, Father, as we look at this passage and as we consider what was done for us, as we consider this gift that will never understand the price that was fully paid. As we'll never understand the full sacrifice that was done, that was given. Father, may we attempt and may we try to show our gratitude Here today. Father, help us to have a better understanding about that day where your son willingly went to that cross to give his life for ours. Help us in this, in these next few moments. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we pick up here in Mark chapter 15, again as we see it's the very next morning after Jesus was arrested in the garden. They have turned him over to Pontius Pilate and the Roman authorities and he is standing trial and this is uh, quite the day. And it's a day that is going to change again the entire world. And I want you to understand the magnitude that is taking place on this day. And you're going to have to use just a little bit of your imagination, if you will. Because this is a day unlike any other. And yet it is a day that you and I can never go to other than throughout what the Scripture places to us and gives to us. But it was quite the day. And I want to give you very quickly this morning six thoughts concerning this day of the cross. And as we read just a few moments ago, I want to give you first off this morning that I want you to take note that it was a day of confusion. A day of confusion. Now, this is a, an event that you and I have the opportunity to go back and read and study, and we have the opportunity to probably be very familiar with. We look at it every year. I mean, probably multiple times a year. If we could and had the opportunity to, we could probably tell this story of the cross ourselves and each one of us stand and tell a different part of this story. But I want to remind you, as with many stories that we tell, one, it is, first off, more than a story. It's true. 
It's not just a story. It happened. It's true. It's a real event. And we have to be able to picture this in our mind of what is taking place on this particular day. As Jesus Christ was brought in to stand before Pilate on that day. I want you to imagine what was going through Pilate's head. What was going through Pilate's mind on that day. Now for three and a half years as Jesus had his public ministry, as we've been going through this entire book of Mark, we have seen over and over and over again that the Jewish leaders had been conspiring about how they could find and get Jesus in something. Well, the day before, they finally had their plan. Judas approached them, remember? We looked at it last week. When the woman came and broke open the alabaster box, Judas had finally had enough. He came in, found the Jewish leaders and said, I've got a way. They said, fine, we'll give you 30 pieces of silver. Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss in the garden as Jesus prayed and finished praying. Judas came and gave him a kiss. They arrested Jesus. Now it's the next morning. And as Jesus stood before Pilate, they brought their accusations. And Pilate is the judge. And it's interesting that as they brought their accusations and Pilate is listening to them, Pilate's giving Jesus an opportunity to defend himself. The interesting thing here is Jesus gives no defense. He doesn't answer. Now, if you've ever watched, we watch a lot of television, we're on a television fast right now, but if you've ever watched courtroom TV or court drama, everybody knows anyone that doesn't give a defense, usually guilty, right? Everybody know that? I mean, if you're not guilty, you're going to defend yourself. You want a chance to defend yourself. Everybody knows that. But not Jesus. He doesn't answer a thing. And yet Pilate, he's pretty much convinced that Jesus is not guilty, but yet he wants to know, what do you have to say for yourself? Answerest thou nothing? He even says in verse number four, behold, how many things they witness against thee. He says, you've got a lot of people saying these things against you. Don't you have anything to say for yourself? But Jesus doesn't answer anything. And it even says in verse number 5 that Pilate marveled. Now that word marveled there is actually a pretty interesting word. It means that it is, uh, you, you kind of stand, uh, stand at attention like this. Like you can't believe it. Just, just can't believe it. Like what? Marveled. And that was Pilate in this time. He's, he's confused. 
This day of the cross is a very confusing day. Not just for Pilate. There's a lot of people confused here. But not only was this a day of confusion, as we continue reading, there was a man named Barabbas, and it was a custom here in this day and time that for the Roman government during the Jewish feast of Passover during this time, that they would, as a good gesture, they would release to them one of their criminals as a, just a good gesture, and they would release to them. And Pilate wanted to know, okay, who would you have me release? The king of the Jews? Now remember, he asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Now Jesus didn't answer, he just said, thou sayest. Well, Pilate was convinced, oh, sure he is. Because he knew enough, I mean, this was not Pilate's first day as governor within this region. He had heard of Jesus. He knew many of the people within this region had looked to Jesus. He knew the fame. He had heard the stories. And so he pretty much understood part of the people believed this. We read earlier that the chief priest just envied the fame of Jesus and understood why the chief priest brought Jesus to him. And so we see this here. And so now he says, who do you want me to release? The king of the Jews? Well, the chief priest said to the people, tell him you want Barabbas. You want Barabbas. And so you can picture this crowd out there as Pilate is asking, who do you want? Barabbas. Barabbas. You want the king of the Jews? No, we want Barabbas. Then Pilate asked even more, what do you want me to do with the king of the Jews? And they began to chant, crucify him. Crucify him. And I want you to notice in verse number 15, or look at verse number 14 first, very interesting question. Pilate asked, why? He said, what would you have me to do? In verse 13, whom ye call the king of the Jews. Verse 13, they said, crucify him. And Pilate said, why? What evil hath he done? Notice they didn't answer the question. They just cried out more exceedingly, crucify him. In an angry mob, in an angry request. And not only was it a day of confusion, it was a day of content, as he says in verse number 15. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas. Folks, that's amazing, isn't it? The people out there saying, crucify him, crucify him. To content the people. Just to give the people what they wanted. Pilate said, 
Here's Barabbas. Now again, we understand because we've been here for all of our Christian lives. This was obviously all in God's plan. All in God's favor. But simply to content the people, Pilate said, here you go. A day of confusion. A day of content. Can I submit to you number three? It was a day of cruelty. As they took Jesus, immediately as they released Barabbas, they scourged him to be crucified. It's when they whipped him. They led him away into the praetorium. They clothed him with purple. They put the crown of thorns upon his head. They mocked him as they began to hail him, calling him the king of the Jews. They smote him on the head with the reed. They spit upon him, mocking him, bowing to the knee and worshiping him in a mocking way, not genuinely. After they were done mocking him, they took the purple robe off of him and put up on his clothes back on him. They let him out to be crucified. It's when they got Simon to carry his cross. They talk him, took him, in verse 22, to Calvary, or the place of Golgotha, that we know as Calvary, being interpreted the place of the skull. In verse number 24, when they had crucified him. We know the crucifixion. There, as they took upon the cross, as a crucifixion is described, as they throw the person being crucified against the cross, they take the, the nails that are described as being somewhere between six and nine inches long and driving it between the, the wrist and the hand and driving it into the cross and the feet and then dropping the cross into the ground the crucifixion what cruelty a cruel cruelty other Gospels, again, we know Mark, we've talked about this, a, a very compact look at the crucifixion. I'd encourage you over the next week to take the time to go back and read Matthew and Luke and John and give their account as you get a complete picture of the crucifixion. To see complete cruelty of what Christ went through on this day of the cross. But as Pilate wrote down, put over, and we know through other gospel accounts, they wanted it to say, no, 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 you, you just say that he said he was the king of the Jews, and Pilate said, what I have written, I've written. King of the Jews. There between two thieves. It was a confusing day. A day of content, a day of cruelty, 
But I say to you, number four, it was a day of commotion. See, he was there between two thieves. Scripture fulfilled a number of numbered with transgressors. They wagged their heads in verse 28. They said, in verse 30, Save thyself, come down from the cross. The chief priest mocked him, said he saved others. Himself he cannot save. Let Christ, the King of Israel, descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. They that were crucified with him reviled him. When the sixth hour was come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Oh, what a commotion. You can imagine. This third hour, we see what's happening, then the sixth hour comes, and now it's darkness. Not normal. Now the ninth hour comes. He cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? They said, oh, he's calling on Elias. They ran and stuck the vinegar, saying, I want to know if Elias is going to come and take him down. And that is when Jesus gave up the ghost. Not only was it a day of commotion, cruelty, and content, and confusion, it was a day of compassion. In all that is taking place within this day, what we must remember about it the most is it was a day of compassion. The compassion of Jesus Christ. The night before, Jesus said, Take this from me, but not my will. Thine be done. Jesus went willingly to that cross. Willingly he went and gave his life in compassion. In compassion for you, in compassion for me. You see, that is what makes this day of the cross a day that changed the entire world. Because it was this day, it was this act, as Jesus gave up the ghost, as the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom, this compassionate cry, this compassionate plea, as his shed blood satisfied, satisfied God's requirement for the payment of sin for the entire world. Hallelujah. Paid in full. 
as the writer of Hebrews said, He did it once and for all. Once and for all it was done. This day changed the entire world. You see, the day of the cross was a day of confusion. They didn't have an idea what was going on. It was a day of content. Pilate said, just be done. It was a day of cruelty, a day of commotion, a day of compassion. As the centurion said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Can I submit to you lastly, it was also a day of callousness. Verse number 40, the Bible says, There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the less, and Joseph and of Salome, who also was he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him. Many other women who came up with him unto Jerusalem. And now when the even was come, because it was the preparation that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. Calling unto the centurion, he asked him whether he were any while dead, or had been all, any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen, took him down and wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in the sepulcher, which was hewn out of a rock, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. Everyone was numb. Even though Jesus had tried to prepare them for what was coming, they weren't prepared for what was coming. It was like a callus had formed. I think there was probably very little feeling there. They watched. They saw who they respected. They loved. Who they thought was going to set up be the next king of Israel crucified in the previous chapter in chapter 14 we saw his disciples all of those forsake him they fled when he was arrested they were calloused had no idea what had just taken place on this day of the cross. Now again, we sit here 2,000 years later on this 
cross that has changed our lives. We need to picture for a moment what these people had gone through. What they had just watched and pictured. What they must have been experiencing. They don't have the rest of the story. We Listen, we know what's coming next Sunday. Amen. They don't know what's going to happen three days from here. We do. Hallelujah. We know. We know. Isn't that great? Amen. Hey, listen. Listen, and I'm finished. Can I tell you, the day of the cross was unlike any other, before or after. There's never been another day like the day of the cross. Hey, listen, there's never been a day like the day of resurrection. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen. There's a lot of people in this world today They know all about Easter. They know all about Easter. And they know zero about the resurrection. You say, is there a difference? There's a difference. I can explain it to you later. I don't have time to explain it to you right now. But there's a big difference. They know all about Easter, but they know nothing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to tell them. Because it is a day, the resurrection is a day that changed the world. The only way it changes the world is if you know it. Because if you don't know it, here's the thing. If you don't know it, guess what? It still changes your world. But it doesn't change your world until your world is over. Make sense? If it doesn't make sense, you need to know it. You see, Jesus died to save you. Three days after the cross, Jesus is going to rise from the dead. Amen. Up from the grave He arose. That is the resurrection. That is the power that saves. Without the resurrection... There is no power in the death of Christ. Without the resurrection. That is what gives the power to His death. Is the resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen. The day of the cross though, it's powerful. There's only one time that God gave His Son. 
his life as a living sacrifice to pay the penalty for the sin of the whole world. That was the day of the cross. What an important day. As they drove the nails into his hands, his feet, made the payment for your sin, for my sin. A day that changed the entire world. As he gave up the ghost, he gave it up for us. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine these women. As they watched Joseph seal the tomb. For them, it's over. They were getting ready to prepare for the Sabbath. For three days, they would wait. They weren't going to do anything. They were going to go home and they were going to wait until they could go back to anoint the body. But when they go back, again, their life is going to change. Amen. It's a life. We serve a life-changing God. A life-changing God. We serve a living Savior. A living Savior. Jesus Christ. The resurrected one. It's lovely. Day of the cross. Changed the world. Changed the world. Because He shed His blood. We'll have every head bowed, every eye closed this morning.